0: Welcome back to another episode of the only podcast we recommend you listen to, Final Checkpoint. I'm Joel and I'm Ben. And each week we talk about video game news
1: and the games that are swallowing up our free time. And I was I was confused at this intro because I recommend so many different podcasts and I I am not endorsing that no, this is the only one. No, You're not supposed to do that. Joel? Mm. We're,
0: we're the only podcast. Mm-mm. Mm -hmm. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple, and thegamefanatics.com. You can also send in comments, questions, and business inquiries, just in case, uh, to finalcheckpointpod at gmail.com. This week, we are discussing PlayStation 5. Before we do that, guys, it finally happened. Fortnite has ended. This could be the end of the floss dance. I just think
2: flossing never dies joel
0: flossing it might not ever die and that voice you're hearing is uh from a man that's joining us this week the man that fears no destinies or grind in general tyler chancy
2: how, wh- how you doing joel how you doing
0: ben pretty good welcome to our corner of the uh, mm-hmm. the internet nice nice that while to show away up, here.
2: but i'm here now
0: well, we had to establish exactly what this is before we started letting people in. And oh, uh, you is. are. I don't think we even you established are in anything. Here. We haven't established anything. This is just kind of a pish posh mishmash mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. conversations.
2: And yet somehow, it's that uh, the only podcast you recommend we listen to ever again for the rest of our lives?
1: He's not selling it very well, is he? <laughs>
0: I'm not a salesman. I'm just Clearly here to tell not. you guys to only listen to this show because it's all you need sometimes. It's all you need.
2: It's it's weirdly zen, but also bizarrely scattershot. It's, <laughs> it's a walking contradiction, and I kind of dig it.
0: <laughs> that is life. Mm-hmm. That is life. Dig it. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about PlayStation 5. As I said before, we're going to be talking about um, some games that we played. And uh, other stuff that's going to be a little more random and uh, sometimes off-topic. So, um, stay tuned for
1: that stuff. But first. Um, in the meantime, oh Ben, did no. you have something? No, I wanted I wanted to be dramatic, and then you were going to go into the PS5 stuff, but you silence. Really. Oh. Yeah,
2: I, I just want to say silence. Let's go.
1: Oh. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, we got a bit of news this week. Something that uh, kind of surprised everybody. Uh, Is it? But, Kind, well, just the way they did it, because they went back to Wired, but Sony basically went back to Wired, I guess the website or whatever, and uh, talked about the PlayStation 5 and kind of confirmed that it is going to be called the PlayStation 5. And um, they've confirmed some other things about it, as, uh, as they usually do with Mark Cerny going out and talking tech and wackiness as he does. But... It, I, I'm pretty excited to hear uh, some of the stuff that they did talk about. I guess we'll kind of go into it, guys. Um, so first of all, I guess we'll talk about the PlayStation 5 in general no. and some of the specs about it. Mark Cerny revealed that the PS5 CPU and uh, GPU are going to be AMD chips. And uh, I don't know. I mean, some of this stuff is really not going to make any sense to me, but I figured I'd read it I, I, I like you
1: reading tech specs where you have no idea. It's going to be AMD chips.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Disclaimer, folks. We are not Digital Foundry as much as we yeah. like to pretend sometimes we are. But mm, <laughs> you want something more in-depth, I don't think
0: we are the ones. But we're still the best podcast you should listen
1: to. Yeah, the only one you should listen <laughs> to, definitely. Right? Hey, man. Hey. So AMD... Help a brother out. Uh, Let's I get think, those numbers up. I think there hasn't been any other GPU manufacturer giving out like for these consoles ever. Like, like everything's AMD for consoles. I don't know why.
2: I'm. I, I, I don't know. I think. I, I believe. Um, I believe the graphics chip that, that goes into the Nintendo Switch is based on NVIDIA technology. So. Oh,
1: you're right. Yes, you are right. It's the Tegra something or other.
2: Yeah. The, yeah. The Tegra.
1: Okay. So besides that one, I don't think there's AMD, or it's all AMD. Yeah. And so the, the article I have
0: up is from Digital Trends um, by Gabe Gerwin. It was October 8th that he posted this thing. So credit to him on this information. So. So the AMD chips are going to be supportive of 3D audio, 8K graphics, and ray tracing. Fancy. Yeah, no idea. Um, (laughs) I can see
2: every individual piece of beard hair on Geralt's beautiful face now.
1: Oh, yeah. That's what I want. I want to see the god rays through his beard hair. That's what I want.
2: Perfectly volumetric, and they got uh-huh. the follicles to shine through them just right. And they kind of, of dollars, hundreds
1: of bustle hours, bustle in of- the wind a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's gonna look real good, I guess. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. it look <laughs> good. That's what you need to know. That's basically it. It's gonna look good.
0: So uh, one thing I, I liked that I heard was that they're gonna be ditching the hard disk drive and going for a solid state drive, which very
2: nice. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. That's gonna translate to a uh, much faster loading times, much more um, uh, coherent uh, data storage. So there shouldn't be a whole lot of, um, uh, you know, is- issues regarding data storage and weird quirks. Like if you you still have a base model PS4, you should know what I'm talking about. Where
0: oh man, I do. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like I-, I couldn't tell you how many times I I had like a thing where it said I didn't have didn't have enough hard drive space to uh, install like a two gig thing, and I'm like I got. I got 100 gigs. What what is wrong with you? Delete something. Okay. 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 Now we can download this thing. It's like 500 meg. We're unpacking it now. Okay, it's like 2 gigs now.
0: Yeah, I ended up getting a an external hard drive just to like not have to worry about that crap anymore. Mm. Um but it was one thing I I uh, was listening to um Sacred Symbols and they were they were talking about how initially with like Killzone Shadowfall how that game would just load. Like you didn't have to wait for all these screens of like all the tech that's you know like all the game engines things like that it would just load up to the to like the title screen and you'd be able to just get right into the game i don't really remember that but huh. do you, do you guys remember I that never played i never it.
2: I remember, I remember wow. playing Shadowfall when it first came out, and yeah, as a launch title, it was surprisingly robust with how it handled loading. Like, it was one of the few games I remember where. I remember back when they were saying the PS4 would be able to, like, install a game as you were playing it, and Shadowfall was, like, the only one I could think of that actually lived up to that hype, where you could start the game, you could play through the prologue, and then you could play through chapter one, chapter two, while well, three, four, five, whatever was installing because i remember that being just kind of a really smooth ride and then you get to other games that came out and the whole play while it installs basically amounts to you can play like the first 10 minutes and then you get hit with a giant screw you loading screen wall saying okay now we're going to install the rest of the game sit on your butt for 40 minutes
1: yeah it seems like they ditched that pretty early it still exists it's just it's kind of shitty, like Tyler's saying. It's not. Yeah, good.
0: man. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I have yeah. to like, I have to pray that I don't hit the PS button on accident during the middle of a game because then I have to wait for that shit to load and then go away. And it's just like, oh my god, oh, man, the pro like, so nice. Oh my gosh,
2: Fallout Four on PS4 was terrible with that. Like, if, if you just put the disc in, and it's like, okay, all the data's in, in, in on that. I means so I should be able to start it. No, the minute you hit launch, it's like, okay, stay here while we unpack all this information. Why? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So what we're trying, to, what we're trying to say is, please bring on PS Five. We, we we need to get rid of these loading screens. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, solid state drive. I mean,
1: honestly, one of the biggest reasons why I buy games on PC, even if they're indie games, is because of the loading times. I just know it's gonna be so much faster on my computer than on my console. So if they can yeah. they can trim that down, I'll, I'll play more PlayStation games. That's fair, Ben. And not even with a solid state drive. Dude, computers are good. Did you know that? Pretty good. computers are great. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> stuff they got some They're good great. stuff going on.
2: I, I can actually attest to that. Like when I first got my PS4, I actually got a, um, a a hybrid drive. Like I got a one terabyte hybrid drive, which is kind of a compromise between the standard hard drive and the solid state. So my loading screen, my loading screens are maybe like better by like maybe five, ten seconds, but that's about it. it yeah. it's
1: yeah. The thing about the place, it and you want to get more nerdy. Uh, so the hard drive speed. I think it's like a 5200 RPM hard drive that they put in a, uh, a PS4. And the normal one you're gonna get on your PC, like if you're building a gaming PC, would be 7200 RPM. So that's why even just a normal hard drive on your computer is faster, because they opt for these crappy drives.
2: We're talking like a very standard, easily accessible, oh yeah, regular PC drive. Like this isn't this isn't a quote unquote made
0: for no. gamers hard drive. No, it's just, this is just basic a- ass. <laughs> All right, so PlayStation Five will support Blu-ray discs as well Shocking. as digital downloads, obviously, and game streaming. Duh. uh The console will be equipped with a 4K Blu-ray player, Yay. just like the Xbox One S
1: and Xbox
2: One S. So very standard. Fucking very standard. I
0: mean, fucking
1: Pro should have had that. I know shit. the PS4 Pro didn't have it, and I am upset.
2: Okay, okay so we still have some pretty standard uh, uh, multimedia stuff here. I'm assuming it'll also be capable of playing DVDs for cheapos.
0: <laughs> like me. The
1: hell Probably. has a DVD?
2: Oh, shut up!
0: <laughs> it will use uh, yeah, games with a data capacity of 100 gigabytes.
2: I did hear like certain uh, disks will be shipped on special 100-gigabyte disks, so we don't have... Uh, the issue we have with, like, Red Dead Redemption 2 where they had to split the game up onto two Blu-rays.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, to help mitigate installation times brought on by the huge file sizes, Sony will make use of the solid-state drive and allow you to only install parts of the games you want to play, such as a competitive multiplayer mode or a campaign. That's actually games can it. also be loaded to specific modes from the dashboard, so you can join your friend in a match without having to go through the entire starting process like you would on PS4. That is really cool. That actually sounds really cool. We'll see how quickly they abandon that. Yeah, we'll see how that plans out,
1: but (laughs) it sounds awesome. Oh,
2: oh, oh, yeah. Like, I I get a feeling like unless this this is really well done and really accessible, it's gonna go the way of, I have no idea, Facebook integration? I don't know. (laughs)
1: it's gonna be something you're like oh yeah it does do that but no one knows that it does yeah those features but so they've confirmed that playstation 5 will be backwards compatible with ps4
0: and psvr games Oh, that
1: is confirmed
0: I, that was yeah. already confirmed, wasn't it? I
2: I I I, I, keep hear, I keep hearing like it's offhandly mentioned by Cerny in these um, uh, in these interviews, but it never really comes off as official. But I'm waiting for like an official statement from Sony as like a feature saying yes, it will play PS4 games. Yes, it will play PSVR games. Did. Yes, it will play you know whatever you've downloaded before. Because I keep hearing this and I keep having a lot of worry about that because you know. I'm looking at that. Yeah, because, you know what I mean? Like, backwards compatibility has become a much more bigger concern now for, 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 for players. Something I'm very glad has gotten traction, especially after how Microsoft handled it with the launch of the Xbox One and how they've been kind of spearheading this sort of thing with what they've been doing with Xbox 360 backwards compatibility and classic Xbox stuff for, for the
0: Xbox yeah. One X. And I think it's it's definitely in huge demand, but I don't think it's used as much. But it's still like extremely important to have just to like give your consumers like value in everything that they've ever supported you. Especially
2: since especially since we've we've had a lot of noticeable upgrades with uh, noticeable trends with uh, online live service, um, uh, perpetual experiences like on PS4, like the Division. Uh, De- uh, Des- uh, Destiny, Destiny 2 uh, Warframe catching up uh, uh, with console players and the like. And it would just be really terrible if you put a lot of time into this, and then oh, new console generation, by the way, all your stuff, by the way, all that stuff you put so much time into, it's, it's meaningless now. Buy our new machine. <laughs> it, it, you know, that would be anti-marketing at this point. Especially with how this trend has become so big.
0: What sucks is they said this will not include PS3, PS2, or PS1 games.
2: Yeah. Yep. I- 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 I'm guessing unless there was like some sort of ps you know. P- PS4 port version or something?
1: Maybe, well, sure. Yeah. If it was on the PS4, it'll work. But it is—I yeah. know why the PS3 still is not there. But the, the PS2 the, and PS1, like, come on, yeah, man. This,
2: yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you can't pull out the cell architecture excuse for something that's like 15 years old. You know,
1: right? You just need to figure it out. It's ridiculous. It's—it's it's stupid that I'm gonna have to put in a PS1 game into my PS3 to play it. I I know that I'm crazy and I will do that, but come on.
2: This is why we need more (laughs) we need more standards for these things.
1: Ah, I I would love to be a slight tangent. I would love to be able to just buy a PS two from Sony. Just like a new PS two. That'd be so cool. No no, I gotta go and like chance it on like one at GameStop. Um, they did confirm that the PS5 will support the current PSVR
0: headset, which is great considering I have one oh, yeah. that collects a lot of here, dust. are here,
2: Joel. Uh, <laughs> um... I, I, it's really sad because I still use mine occasionally for like a for like a session of Beat Saber, or I'll pop in for like No Man's Sky Beyond and just be like, "This is nice."
0: <laughs> I really wanted P- uh, what's No Man's Sky to really kind of like revitalize me using the PSVR, but it just like wasn't enough. I, I think that game still like has a lot of potential but for me it just was not fun it seems so much of a chore to play and like to craft and collect shit i was just like "Eh, it's just not as good
2: i hear you joel and i think i mentioned before i'm I'm one of those weirdos that to the the base no man's sky when it first came out
0: oh so did i me and ben both also really enjoyed it it's just like it just didn't evolve much since then like they've added a ton of stuff but like the gameplay itself like how everything operates, how you collect it. Like I just don't feel like it's evolved enough to to really draw oh, me oh, in. Oh, I'm
2: still enjoying it, and I think the VR controls are very well implemented. Like I I, I actually had to start a new file when I played on VR just so I could get through the tutorial to figure out okay, how do I open my inventory? How do I repair this? How do I activate my scanner? How the heck do I fly? Because when you're in your cockpit in VR, you're not using a controller anymore. They actually have like a VR throttle and a VR yoke. In your cockpit, and you have to figure out how to actually grab and use the throttle and use the yoke as you're flying around, and it's it's a totally different experience. That's
1: cool. I need to give that a shot because I have Oculus, yeah, but not I too never bad. Tried it. Not
0: too bad.
2: Okay, okay. So back to the specs.
0: Specs, yeah, specs. So, specs. um, cloud gaming will be possible on the PS5, though the exact extent of this remains unknown. The PlayStation Now subscription service makes games remain possible on legacy Sony consoles as okay. well but sony will be facing stiff competition um i mean i guess should mention that they did recently drop the price of ps now to i think 60 a year instead of 100 maybe maybe they're trying to
1: get more people in there to test something it's a good plan since stadia is starting up might as well
2: that is actually yeah. a very big question guys like do you know anybody who actually has a ps plus i'm uh, sorry a playstation now subscription do you know anybody with that
0: no I don't know anybody. I think if it was included in PS Plus considering now we don't get like the extra free games for the older consoles, I think that's where I would use it cuz I there's tons of PS3 games I would want to play.
1: I just don't want to stream them.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with Ben. Like I think I tried it one time and I thought this is okay and this is back when I had, you know, you know, very high quality, you know, you know, primed ethernet direct line internet connection. And I'm like, this is okay,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but I know that's not the same experience everybody has, and because of that, you know, there's just too much, too many variables of how this could go wrong in terms of presentation. I think that's what scares a lot of people off.
0: Yeah, it's not. I mean, they they figured out downloads with PS4 games. I wonder if they could, I mean, figure that out for PS3. No, because well. that's and why they're, they're doing they're it. Like they're just her.
1: running a PS3 in the cloud and beaming it to you. Ugh. Those those old things, yeah. dude. I'm playing. I'm playing on my PS3. It's awesome. Cross media bar, love it. <laughs> I bet you do.
2: I bet you I do. I do love the
1: cross media bar. It is superior to what we have now.
2: Preach.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we know that that uh, Sony and uh, I think Microsoft have some sort of partnership with the with the Azure. Azure. Azure? Jesus Azure? fucking Azure. Christ. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no one can pronounce Azure. It is my biggest... One of my biggest pet peeves in gaming right now is no one can pronounce oh, Azure right. correctly. Okay, well, Azuri data center mm, for that's better. game. Actually, that's better.
2: Okay, Ben, I'll hold him down. You get the knife.
1: I Oh, I'll do it,
0: too. <laughs> well, now I'm going to do it on purpose. Um, so I I don't know if they're actually using that for PlayStation Now or anything like that. They haven't really said anything. No. Um,
1: It's possibly just going to be used for, like, well, artificial intelligence. We might not theory. even know. Like okay. this is this could just be some back end thing where they're using their infrastructure that we wouldn't even be privy yeah. of anyway.
2: Yeah, the only thing I could think of as to why Microsoft would have access to the Azure um, service yep. would, would just be for um, uh, would just be to experiment a bit, bit more with, with cloud storage for you know their their online infrastructure, which has always been the appeal of the Xbox console. Um, that's the only thing I could think of just you know behind the scenes quality of life stuff of, of, of for their online services Nothing and scale f- yes big scale especially considering how much more accepted gaming has become much more ubiquitous consoles and console gaming has become that's millions of players millions of subscriptions millions of accounts and that means a lot of stress on the servers.
0: Mm-hmm. That's why I like playing single-player games. Uh-huh, no servers. <laughs> <laughs> no servers.
2: To oh, so, so you're telling me you're, like, one of the five people I, I probably know of that got super-duper hyped for the for the triumphant return of, Flight of Microsoft Flight Simulator?
1: Oh, my God. I'll, it's on Game Pass. I'll play it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If it's on Game Pass, Ben will play Might it. Might as well get some Achievos. Hell, Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. All right. We're moving on to my <laughs> next favorite part, which is the next gen controller. So, um, I I love PlayStation controllers probably more than any other controllers that I've ever played with. Although I haven't really played much with an Xbox controller, but I just don't really like the offset analogs. They just feel kind of weird to me. Whatever. Um, but they're also unfamiliar. So um, that's my own thing. But um, so uh, they're kind of changing up the Dual Shock. I'm assuming it's going to be called they haven't really said anything they're going to call the blueberry uh, Joel
2: get with uh the times
1: it's the cross button (laughs) whatever it's 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 officially called the cross button
0: good for
2: you Sony you're wrong (laughs)
0: good for you idiots (laughs) Um, so they're going to have USB-C charging which is awesome which is great yeah which is about fucking time for like everybody in the world that's not using USB-C I'm burning mine as Um, we speak and they're finally ditching uh, the uh, rumble and going for more of uh, haptic feedback, which reminds me a lot of like the HD rumble from the Nintendo Switch, which is awesome. Which, do I you really, really like, like it
1: feels. on the Switch?
0: I really do. I just wish it wasn't so loud. Hmm.
1: I haven't really but noticed. I like it. like I,
0: It's,
2: it's, one, of the, it's so, one of those things that it's very difficult to really um, articulate when it comes to when you're using it. You only notice it when it's distracting. Otherwise, it's just something that's part of the experience, you know?
1: Hmm. Well, maybe it's not yeah. that good in the Pro Controller, because that's really all I use. I don't know. Well, I guess because it'll even come through, like, the analog sticks, which sounds, like...
0: Weird to think really? about, because Rumble doesn't really, but, like, some of the... I guess with the analogs, you're going to feel it there, too, which, I mean, I think it could just change up the way certain games feel. I, I feel like Rumble is very overrated. Yeah, I mean, I don't much care for it a lot of times, but there are some games I'll be playing where, like, all of a sudden, if I don't feel the Rumble, I don't know if I'm actually shooting. Okay,
1: well, I can get that, yeah. You know, that's, <laughs> that, that,
2: that's happened to me, where I, where I go, where I PC game, and I have expect my mouse to rumble when, when, I'm, when I'm shooting, and I'm like... <laughs> I don't feel this. Does the gun have impact? Working. I can't tell.
1: <laughs> Are they getting PC hurt? not
0: so master race after all. Yeah, well.
2: It's not a perfect. My, my mouse doesn't have rumble. Two out of ten.
1: Two out of no. ten. No <laughs> mousey <in Rumble. laughs>
0: Um So other than that, I, I mean, I know we have uh, PS5 dev kits out. Nobody's really said much about what they're doing, which is. I, fine. Th- I think. I'll, I think also um,
2: another um, uh, some the reports said that Bluepoint Games is supposed to be working on a very high-profile. Um, uh, oh yeah. Project for the
0: PlayStation. It was 5. either they're working on something big, is the way they phrased <laughs> yes. it. So a lot of people are thinking maybe, a like a sequel to Shadow of Colossus no, or some no, other game. No.
1: I the rumor that okay. I like is the Demon Souls remaster, and I'm all in. Well, that would be great. It, oh, is, is be great.
2: this because you wrote that 10 year anniversary feature for us at the game festival? It's because man. I've
1: been hopelessly addicted to the game for the last week it's why, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, which is so why you're good. still playing your ps <laughs> three
0: So good still well, to wrap it up guys like so they're aiming for a holiday 2020 date, which I think I think a lot of people already kind of predicted. Um, but what are your thoughts? What what are, what are you feeling overall about the stuff you heard about the PS5? Like, what are you guys excited for it? Do you think maybe the tech is a little bit outdated, or should have already we should have already had it? Like, what are your thoughts there?
2: I feel like this might be the most natural feeling progression of a console generation ever, and I don't say that lightly because <laughs> thinking it back now, when I got the when I got my PS4. I thought this was amazing. This was a big change uh, when it came to quality of life, when it came to graphics. And but the thing is, usually I usually when it comes to prior console generations, I always feel like there's like a lull or a lot of lost potential with what the machine is capable of. But the PS4, it feels like it still has some life in it. Like it's still putting out interesting experiences and still hosting great experiences, big and small. And here we are saying, oh, the PS5 is coming out next year. And I still actively p- play on PS4, and I'm still impressed with what's being done with that hardware. From a development perspective and from a production perspective, that is impressive. The only reason why I notice that that the hardware is becoming more limited is because the games are becoming more ambitious and large. Like um, uh, if anybody has seen the breakdown of just how bad the frame rate gets with uh, Remedy Studios's control, that's like the one instance where I realized oh my gosh this tech is uh, is starting to lag behind, things are starting to progress and it's only like maybe near the end of the console generation and I find that to be really impressive in its own right but that being said this also feels a bit less magical than prior console generations, like it doesn't feel like we're having this huge, massive quadratic leap in um hmm. te- in tech and in, in was cap was being capable with uh, the experiences like going back to E3 when X when Microsoft showed off that demo for the Xbox Scarlet and they showed off that footage for the new Halo game and, it, and I could and honestly they kept saying this is an engine and I'm like I can't tell because you know we've become so numb to the sort of is it an engine is it a not sort of plateauing. Of graphical visual fidelity, and I'm afraid that ev- even when it comes to a spec perspective with the PS5, I'm getting a very similar vibe. Like we've hit a certain ceiling now, and all we can do now is just work on background hardware stuff. Because if you notice, what's being reported on isn't so much whoa, we can you know do all the do all this sort of stuff with visuals and e- in-, in ease of uh, development, all this stuff. It's it looks better. It supports this. Uh, VR, virtual reality will still be supported, uh, it'll, it'll load faster, it will, you know, be it, it will cater to what you want from it as it installs, it's quality of life stuff, ease stuff, background technological stuff, but not necessarily anything that f- I feel it can easily say, hey, we're pushing the needle here, it just feels like a, sta- it, it, feel, it feels like you're upgrading a phone now, more so than taking a big quadratic leap, it's just like, okay, here's the new model, see you again in five years. You know?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good summation of it. I know with the PS3, like, the end of that gen, that was a very long generation. Oh, yeah. And towards the end, you could really, really feel, like, the wheels coming off the wagon, where it's just like, we need to get to the next thing, because this is is way out of the, the... you know what's what's expected now from a PC that's not even very good is above this system. But I, now, I still
2: remember playing The Last of Us on PS3, and I got to like yeah. the, I got to like the last level, and the whole thing basically turned itself inside out for like no reason. <laughs> like 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 the it's, textures went all wonky. Joel like <sighs> it, it it was like a fail condition where like a, where where a Joel was caught and he was insta killed, but then the models went flying. I'll, I'll, I'll onto the I ether and, uh, ether and I'm like wow and I could I couldn't say it was badly optimized because it was a miracle the whole thing ran at all you know as you said as you said I could feel the wheels coming off
1: yeah but I mean but this it's a lot less tangible even if it's so much more powerful they're talking about 8k like who has 8k most people don't even have 4k we can't really talk about that as the big selling point for our new console yeah. when yeah. Uh, no one I, I has mean, that. I, I mean,
2: maybe if you can afford, like, a, a, a scale replica of the bridge of the frickin' Starship Enterprise, maybe? But that's maybe, what, two people? Elon Musk, maybe? I don't know.
1: It's not, not a big market. So they have to kind of talk about, oh, well, all your older games and all these ease-of-use features as opposed to a big, flashy new thing because I think a lot of people, they can't see the difference. Like, I'm really into making things run as best as they can on my pc so i'm really into the anti-aliasing and all that nonsense whereas most people are just like it looks nice so you can't at a certain point and we've reached that point we can't sell it on that fidelity anymore as we used to yeah. be able to
0: it seems like they're they're casting a wide net as far as like trying to appeal to people that aren't looking really into the nitty-gritty details but also like hey, this is going to be there. And then they go up to the tech specs to be like, we're trying to impress the people that are looking at 8K as the future and things like that. And I mean, they're they're kind of covering all their bases, but like... We'll see. I don't know. Like, is it, is it that impressive anymore when you go from, you know, PS3 to PS4 to PS5, where initially like going from PS1 to PS2, is kind of like, oh, cool. This looks, doesn't look so blocky and pointy. And then you go from PS2 to PS3 and you're like, oh, shit, this is a dramatic difference.
2: Absolutely. I mean although I actually brought this up Ben you were talking about quality of life I realized oh my gosh with the PS5 might actually have a chance to play Bloodborne at 60 frames per second <laughs>
1: Yeah well the answer is no it never even got a pro patch freaking
2: I can Bloodborne. dream Ben
1: My dreams are dead Bloodborne 2 is not <laughs> real until it happens dude they
0: when when From Software moves on to the next game, they fucking move on. Yeah. <laughs> they don't. They like. Oh. <laughs> that, they almost resent the last game. <laughs>
2: oh yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. We're gonna optimize Sekiro for PS5. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. No, that's why I mm. bought it on PC because I wanted it to be the best it could be. The consoles are Smart lame moves. and Smart crappy. Moves i need a new one now but i am excited for all the right. next gen it should be really fun i'm more excited for the xbox because i'm all in on game pass yeah game
2: pass yeah you can st- that's that's a boat you're gonna have to sail by yourself buddy
1: oh my god in the last year i've been xbox 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 <laughs> just completely yeah he's i mean i i'm i'd be sold on
0: getting an xbox if i didn't already have a playstation Cause I just don't have the extra income to go and like get an Xbox because I think everything that you've told me about game pass, everything that I've seen, and it just sounds so cool. And it's like, you're getting to play a lot more newer games without having to spend the extra money. You're, um, getting to experience a lot more of that. And it just seems so
1: like easy and accessible and Mm -hmm. seamless. I think that's why it's been so much more, at least optically more successful than PlayStation now in that I can just turn on my Xbox and there's games everywhere like they're in the menu with your other games they're not oh let me load into playstation now and then go into the thing it's just games just freaking games everywhere it's That's yours how it,
0: it was also their big bet though too when you really think about it like it's kind of all they had to go with they didn't have any big exclusives coming like this was it for them like sure. we have to make this work and then they were able to sell on the fact that hey if you want to play gears early and you have the um ultimate the game pass ultimate then you can get in early, and now it's becoming more of like a people are seeing the day and date thing with it, and all these indie titles that are coming along with it, and it's just become such a more valuable option than it was even looking like an. It is
2: one of the strongest appeals and one of the more smarter initiatives that Microsoft has been um uh, promoting lately. So, you know, more power to them. I think it's a great idea, and I hope they refine it. That's all. It's just that I'm not gonna blow a bunch of money on another on another console to check it out. I I got a PS4, I got a Switch, I got a pretty decent PC. I'm good, you know.
1: Well, you could get it on PC.
2: I don't like Gears.
1: <laughs> yeah, but no, like there's I played Ape Out on PC. For their Game Pass. Oh my like, gosh! Game Pass. I slay the spire is on Game Pass on PC. Like, there's a ton of awesome shit on Game Pass. Oh, okay, Not that you, I'm sponsored.
2: All right, you know what? if the Fall Guys ends up on Game Pass. Maybe I'll check it out.
1: Googling it. Googling it. You don't know. There's, it's everything's like Game Pass. I'm still waiting for uh,
0: Square Enix to come out with their subscription service. I want to see what what they have. Can you imagine though if they put out all like the Final, like, the Final Fantasies and Dragon Quests and like all sorts... Of, can you, you imagine that? i think that would end up being pretty ever cool again. that's good i don't need to see they, they that
2: would, they would they they would just grind themselves into total goblinhood and we would never see certain <laughs> people ever again they would just they would
0: turn it but it would be smart it would be smart i think they would to me that's more attractive than like the ubisoft one or which other one came out the um the EA Origin Of all
2: the trends, though, for the game industry to latch onto. I can't believe they're trying to do their own version of a streaming service when even in the streaming service industry, that's becoming more ridiculous and splintered and less viable.
0: It, it, it kind of is. I mean, but when, like, you take costs sometimes. Like, if you take costs on, for example, like I was talking to my wife about getting Gamefly, right? And so I told her, I buy two full-priced brand-new titles. That's $120 plus tax, right? where if I get a year of GameFly that's almost what 180 or 100 I don't even I remember the math on that but it'll be about 180 right but I'd get Wait. to play a lot more games
2: having said that though that would be at the behest of the availability of what they have on their service which when I had GameFly that's what ruined it for me it was it, because it was so popular and so and so used is like I want this disc yeah you'll get it maybe in like 3 weeks if we ever get a copy back ever again
1: yeah if you just want because like, I have Gamefly, and i that's why I just rant and rave about all this random garbage. Uh, and I have 20 games on my queue, and it'll just pick a random one. And it is almost never the one at the top. And I'm fine with that because I have 30 other things. But if you want yeah, the yeah. game as it comes out, I don't really think that's going to work for you. It was a fluke I got breakpoint. That's the only time that's ever happened. (laughs) I have no idea how. Yeah, that's my
2: issue with GameFly. Honestly, like if you're just trying to you know work on your backlog or your 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 ever encroaching pile of shame of good games you know are good but never find the time for, that's fine. But if you're trying to say topical while trying to save a buck in this very um, cutthroat game journalism hustle we are doing, it's. It's it's very, very um, uh, inconsistent and uh, yeah. problematic. It's, um,
1: I use it as like a supplement yeah. to... Yeah, that's what I want it for because I
0: have like... I mean, I'm going to buy the game that... Like if it's Division 2, for example, I'm going to buy that game. I'm not going to rent it. But if there's other games like Control or like Super Mario Maker 2 that I want to try and see if I like them um, enough to maybe buy them later, then that's what I want it for. I want to be able to experience other games that came out as like recently without having to go out and spend the money and then find out i don't it's like it's
1: perfect them. for the perfect game i got with it was yoshi's crafted world i don't need to pay 60 dollars for that game but i will gladly play it for a week and send it back that is all i need from that game
2: that's fair that's totally
0: fair
1: all right shall we move on yes. so let's move on from the playstation 5 topic we were definitely talking about <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I, I think did we talk about playstation Five? yes who all right well I think we should move on to a next topic that will possibly be a long one because I do have questions. I know Tyler's got a lot to say about this next one. And Ben, uh, Ben, Ben, I don't know exactly how much interest you have in Destiny 2, but Mm. Tyler, before you go on to your Destiny 2, I don't want to hear about the story because I don't care. (laughs) I want to hear about what they've added, what this whole new Shadowkeep stuff is doing, and overall, your thoughts on all the... It on your thoughts on Shadowkeep, basically, like the the new Bungie, I guess, outlook.
2: All right, thanks, Joel. Um, first things first,
0: I really don't think
2: I can really say a whole lot about the cam- about the, the 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 main campaign of Shadowkeep because this is something I actually can say is kind of impressive and kind of terrifying when it came when it comes to the sort of new direction Bungie has been taking has taken in the series. The campaign. Actually, leans a bit more on the world's inherent lore and does a lot of big payoffs to the stuff they set up like back in like the initial like the Red War, which is you know the base Destiny Two campaign. And mm-hmm. I wish I was kidding with this. Like I have a clan of Desta people who play Destiny with, and uh, it took me a while to get Shadow Keep. And one of the most interesting experiences that happened was everybody started the campaign. They finished the first mission, and the reaction is just holy crap. What the hell? I'm like, what's going on? I can't tell you play the campaign. What are you talking about? I finished the first mission. Oh my god, what the hell? And they're like, "I know, right?" And then the campaign continues because that's once again I can't get too much into because once again you don't care. But the big sort of uphe- the big sort of thrust of the campaign of Shadow Keep is, you know, moon taunted. Uh, as the memes have kind of popped up, we go back to we go back to the, yeah. back to the moon. Uh, the hive are doing a bad on the moon. Creepy, <laughs> spooky, ghost people are there, and you're there, and you're cool, and you have guns and that hover bike of yours and bullcrap superpowers, and you're there to f- you, you know you know f- you know fight the ghosts and fight the nightmares and figure out what's going on, and and. That's kind of the thing I will say about the campaign. If you if you play Shadowkeep and just finish the campaign and think that's it, and you leave disappointed, I feel like you're not exactly understanding the long game that Bungie is playing, especially with how they've been supplementing their content recently ever since they are forsaken. Because, uh, yeah. how to put this exactly without spoiling a whole lot, so, or giving it to context, because even if i told you what happened at the end of the campaign i barely understand what's going on like i follow a lot of the i follow a lot of the lore masters of destiny my name is byf Myland games and they're still sifting through this like this has big implications for x y and z and the cosmology of this world and i'm like yeah yeah but at- but at the same time it's still maybe a 4 hour long campaign where they mostly just bring back old enemies from the past games as you know monsters from your past like you fight Gaul again you fight Crota again you fight some other creatures who were bosses in Destiny 1 strikes again and from a certain perspective you can you can understand that it feels like they're most more or less recycling assets i mean they bring they brought back the moon from Destiny 1 and changed it so that them You know, going back to older content, and there is this worry that they're trying to be, they're quote unquote lazy, which I will never say. It's very difficult to present this stuff in a brand new light.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's lazy. I think it's, I think, I was happy to hear that the moon is back, and even though like, to me the the moon was one of the my least favorite places in the original Destiny. Like, it's cool to bring that back and to have like familiar places that you can visit and. Go back to and collect more helium. <laughs> helium yeah, they did bring back helium filaments. filaments for you to collect. <laughs>
2: like they, they yeah. still kept that around. But I think that was like the big thing they were doing with this campaign, uh, with this, uh, with this uh, initial campaign. They were saying, "Hey, it was kind of a nostalgia trip. It was a bit of a nostalgia paner. Like, hey, you know, let's see how far we've come, and now let's go into this uncertain future." Because the way the campaign ends, it basically ends with a, with a with a whole, okay, you stop the initial threats, but now there's this other stuff that's happening that's going to be tied into our season content now. Because uh, Bungie made a big deal about how, how they're basically doing their own version of a battle pass now, and new seasonal content. And how, as you play more of the seasonal post-game content, it will feed back into this sort of central conflict, which is with the big... Holy crap of the campaign they've introduced, and basically drip yeah. feed you additional material, additional challenges, additional conflict. Like, the minute the campaign is finished, you uh, it leads right to the, to the new raid, the new six man raid, Garden of Salvation. And I'm not kidding, they actually had to be that the minute that raid was cleared, they started the next world event, which was uh, invasions of the Vex. They started popping up on the moon and in, in random invasions. And it's been. And and now there's basically like a world event going on where you can stop, where you can shut down the Vex, and now that's tied to the new season where you defeat the Vex and you get these pieces that help it tie back into this new, into the season of the Undying, and it, it feels much more organic, much more organic, and it makes you feel like you're having more of an impact on the world as a community. Because I didn't finish the raid, some other team of six did that, and it's...
0: And it, like, unlocked all this shit for everybody. Yeah,
2: and the the only other time they did that before in in Destiny was with Forsaken, when some team finished the Last Wish raid and kicked off this weird three-week perpetual cycle event thing going on in the Dreaming City location. So it feels like de- so it feels like Bungie is learning a lot from player feedback from what people loved about uh, Forsaken, and a bit of the Taken King as well with 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 Shadowkeep, because if you're just playing it like it's an action shooter, it's going to be a bit disappointing because it feels like you have maybe three hours of content and then the rest is a lot of grindy whatever to uh, get you know your numbers higher. But for for, for for people who are there for the long run, there's a lot more um. Uh, there's there, there's a lot more meat on the bones, a lot more there's a much much there's a much more deliberate drip feed of breadcrumbs now.
0: Yeah. So break break down the pricing for me. So as someone like so I, I own Destiny okay. two on on PS4. Um it's obviously free to play now if you're on oh, Steam. Yeah, I,
2: I, I um, um, And I'm I had we'll, we'll bring up the new light later, but let's stick to Shadow Keep.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so I had um I had the one the year one pass, so I had that DLC. And then that's when I stopped playing, and then, basically. And then I just Warmind didn't, didn't and Curse like of like
2: Osiris I, became free,
0: so... So, like, all that content's free. You start paying, basically, at Forsaken, is that right? Um,
2: yeah, basically. Um, right now, as a SANS, if you pick up Forsaken, you'll get... It's $25, and the idea is that with this new model they have going on, basically, if you log back into the game right now, you, could, you can eventually access the locations... From Forsaken, you can go to the Reef, you can go to the Tangled Shore, you can go to the Dreaming City, and go to the patrol zones there. You can do strikes there from that location. You can go and do, um, you can go play play gambits. You can play Gambit Prime, which was introduced in Forsaken, and you can play, um, um, you can play the Menagerie, which was introduced in uh, the most, the last season, season of Opulence. Like all of that is perfectly available to you. The only thing that's sort of walled off is um, the, the campaign. Is, is, the only thing that's sort of walled off. Well, I played a bit of new, a bit of the new uh, Destiny 2 before I picked up Shadowkeep. But they have it be that as you play, you need you need to have your power level at a certain level before you can access certain patrol zones. If you're starting totally totally fresh, so you're not so you're not yeah. overwhelmed with all these different locations and all these different places. So, but yeah, that's basically it. Um, if you picked up
0: now, is it? Is it possible that like Forsaken isn't part of like? Because is Forsaken essentially free like the campaign, or is it still something that you have to either access later or? You pay will
2: further? actually have to um uh, if you want to play. Uh, when you purchase Forsaken, you get access to the Forsaken campaign, and you get access to um uh, all. You basically get access to um uh, the exotic weapon quests, the raid, and any premium uh, content that you can only uh, get through Forsaken. Like if like okay. like for basically as you pick up if you pick up Forsaken your pow- you're able to pick up stuff to get your power level up to the cap that that, that it was at before. Um, well that this is before they did the overhaul, but basically if you pick up Forsaken now you're just picking it up to get, to get the campaign, the exotic weapon quests, which include a lot of stuff. Now that I'm thinking about it, Truth Lumina. Um, all this different stuff and access uh, 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 to, the, to the new raids, uh, uh, to, to the new, to the Last Wish raid, and all that big, all that big stuff, and you know, getting the Ace of Spades and seeing Kay to die, rest in peace. <laughs> but, but for but as for Shadowkeep, it's thirty-five dollars. And it's basically the same thing. You get access to the campaign of the Moon. You get access to um, uh, the new season pass, which gives you access to season of the Undying, which is uh, the Vex themed um, uh, season that's going on, okay. which I've mentioned before. And you also get some. Um, uh, I, be- I believe he gets. I believe he gets something else as well. It's um, it's kind of missing me. But effectively, what they've changed now with the season pass is. I wish I could say it in any other way, but they've basically overhauled how the leveling system works you no longer level up and just get, like, an Engram anymore. They actually have be that as you level up, you're leveling up the season of your battle pass. It's basically a battle pass when it comes to the season of the Undying. Yeah. And if you're just playing regularly, you'll get some stuff. You know, like, you'll get, like, you know, an emblem here and there, or you may get some um, some glimmer or whatever. But if you get the battle pass, which is included with Shadow Keep, it also gives you special armor. It gives you special um, uh, emotes. There's a new finisher system where, if you where if you hit a certain button at an enemy that's low on health, you'll do this elaborate, you know, uh, physical attack, and you can modify that to um, um, you know, do bonus stuff like, hey, you punch this you punch this guy, it'll drop heavy weapon ammo, but it'll cost you a third of your super bar. So There's a bit of a counterplay going on using your super bar as a resource, yeah. which is really cool. But you know, and as you play more, you get access to different animations. Like I actually just recently when I hit like Battle Pass uh, level ten, um, since I play a warlock a lot, my finisher is I did this sort of telekinetic you know f- you know thrust palm attack. But uh, this new finisher god just has me do this like elaborate you know roundhouse kick instead, and it's much faster, much cooler, and. <laughs> and it's just stuff like that and it goes to like level 100 and when you get up to the big stuff you get these really elaborate ornamentations for your armor this really elaborate ship and it, it gives you a bit more incentive to play than just hey there's a chance you might get something neat at the premium content store you know
0: yeah which which as battle passes do like so one thing i do enjoy about destiny that i always will and and i I played a little bit earlier today and I played the other day just because like, I wanted to get a feel for it on PC again because, fuck, it feels so good on yes, PC. Yes, it does. Um, Crucible is probably one of the main reasons why I will probably keep Destiny in my Steam library because I really do enjoy Crucible, even even though like people on, on PC are fucking killers. Oh, my like, gosh. I, I do still enjoy that because... You know like if if i get bored about or bored playing like apex i could go into destiny and still like play and and it feels different enough to where like like oh cool this is more you know playlists and different game types and things like that and you get supers and all this shit where um apex is a little more like run and gun kind of thing um but yeah like so i don't know i i dip back in a little bit i still get kind of bored of the missions but destiny just always feels great to play and crucible is fantastic
2: when it comes to gunplay that has always been their strength
0: yeah and i just i just don't know if there's really anything else that's going to draw me in because as much as i loved the original destiny and playing through all that stuff you know and getting and initially liking destiny 2 when it came out i just i i like have a hard time wanting to get back in even though like i i do play those types of games and like and i'll talk about probably next here um or actually, I'll let Ben go next. Um, but uh, playing like Division Two and stuff like that—it's been. It there there's just certain things that I, that draws me into these types of games because it's filling that MMO void that's in my life. Um, um, I just I don't know. It's just it's just hard to want to go back into Destiny. Uh,
2: there is actually one thing I will say. Um, I did want to talk briefly about, uh, briefly about New Light, but. Uh, I wish I could tell you a bit more about how Crucible feels, Joel, but I'm more of a gambit player. I'm, I'm more of a competitive PVE, you know, kind of a mix kind of guy, because I know a few people who do play a little too much of Crucible in Destiny, and they can get very salty when it comes to certain things, so you know, it's, it's, it's different strokes, you know? But there's one thing I can say that I think is of great feather in Bungie's cap is the introduction of Destiny 2 New Light, this new free-to-play version of the game, and how they've really changed the opening experience of, of Destiny 2 to be as accommodating as possible, up to the point where they basically remade the original Destiny's starting mission... Pretty much exactly as it is, but with a much tighter pace to it. You wake up in Russia's yeah. cosmodrome. Hello, I'm your ghost. We need to get out of here. You get out of there. You get a weapon. You fight fallen, and then suddenly, oh, you also have your you also have your jump ability, your grenade, your melee ability. Go fight these guys. Now you have your super. Go for it, and then you you fight a you fight you fight a big boss, which is a tank. And then you get your ship, and you fly away, and you see the title. Ha, ah, this is neat. And then you go to the tower, and from there you can decide where you want to go, and it just picks up from there. And if it was just that, I thought that would be fine. But then I noticed something when I booted up the game before, and it was this special mission called Risk Reward um, uh, as, a, as a veteran Destiny player, and so I checked it out, and it made me go back to that Cosmodrome location to do a like a different sort of mission. To think it was something like find X location, find whatever, find clue, you know, find the breadcrumb trail basically. But because I was there, I was seeing brand new Destiny 2 players coming out and having that boss battle with the tank. And I realized what I realized what the game was doing. It was giving me an opportunity to help these these kindergartens, you know, feel like they're part of a much bigger community with this sort of collaborative help-me-fight-this-tank experience. Yeah. And I think that was a very smart call from Bungie to kind of once again re- once again sell this idea that you're not alone, people are around, you know, they're still doing stuff. You know, it's, it's a very simple thing, but it's powerful in its own respect, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Well, let's go ahead and uh, uh, ben, you move something? on. No... I, I Destiny's really cool i think it plays great but i'm not it's too complicated at this point i'm just gonna wait for three
2: uh, <laughs> that's one thing i can't I'm sorry. that's one thing i will say the armor 2.0 update is a bit much like <laughs> they brought yeah. back so many new stats so many different things involving energy usage and collecting new mods and all this different stuff i mean I enjoy it, It's. It feel, I feel like I have much greater control over how my particular warlock plays compared to other characters' warlocks or titans or hunters, and I think that's a good thing, but I started getting flashbacks to, to, to the mod system that Warframe has, where it's like, okay, you combine this, this, and you get this esoteric damage buff that's only useful for... This particular enemy on this particular type of t- type of day every other Tuesday <laughs> what <laughs> like it doesn't get that bad but it feels like you can go you can fall down that rabbit hole very quickly because then they introduced evolving a seasonal artifact that also drops these special mods and like oh my gosh I'm never gonna see the light of day again if I keep this up oh. yeah just
1: these, these games as a service. There's something about him that don't work for me, mm-hmm. also. So yeah.
2: kinda... I, I, I'm, I'm sold. Like I said before, I, I feel like I was challenged by the original Destiny, because I felt like there was a big setting here and a big interesting world here that Bungie was just so inept at just telling to me with a straight face and directly that I got really into just trying to discern the world and the lore, and I have a community of people who are also really big fans of the setting and the world, and because of that, I am roped in. Like, I am really, I'm much more into this world than I really should be, because the game itself is more or less comfort food for me. It, it It's, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really challenge, it doesn't really shock, it doesn't really push my buttons in any provocative way, but it makes me feel good. It makes me feel nice after a bad day. And I think that's part of its salient, staying power at this point. And if you just get a good group together or have a good group, group, group together, there's a lot more longevity there. And something I feel like maybe gets lost with, with this uh, games-as-service live platform shared world experience stuff because there's so many of them now. You know, you keep jumping from one to the other all the time now because you want to see what the new ride is, despite the fact that that new ride might not even be there or might have a different attraction down the line. You don't care. You're moving on, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Now, Ben.
2: <laughs> Brent. Ah. Oh. Okay,
0: what? What,
1: what, what do we what game? What game have you played? What game have I played? Well, I I Finished. Finished. <laughs> I stopped playing Breakpoint, um, because it is it does I really like that game, but it does become very monotonous, and yeah. it's just the same. I can only sneak into so many bases, uh, so many times, right? And it was my GameFly game, yeah. so I did send it back a couple of days ago. I, I think I played like 18 hours or so of it, so I, which is pretty yeah, good, yeah, pretty significant pretty portion. You played more than me, and I I mean you zoom out on the map. And I've done nothing. I've gone nowhere. Yeah. I haven't even... There's, like, an achievement for, like, finish Act 1, finish Act 2. I didn't finish Act 2. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I'm just going to each question mark on the map, trying to max out my uh, my skill tree. I got to the very end of the stealth um, class or whatever. I just needed to unlock one more thing. But this, it's kind of glitched a little weird. I don't know. Maybe that's just me... Maybe I just did it wrong.
2: An Ubisoft game being glitchy. How shocking.
1: Yeah, it is. There's other glitches too. Uh, And that's that's the thing though. This is one of those games where if on Black Friday I see this for 20, 30 bucks, I might just pick it up. Um, It's one of those games where I don't want to play it every day for six months, but I will play it for a week every couple of months and thoroughly enjoy it and then eventually beat it. Uh, I I just think there's too much of it is too much. You can you can OD there's on this. There's definitely game. a lot. Yeah, really there's definitely be. a lot of content.
2: OD wow. on Ubisoft sandbox. There. You heard it here first, folks.
1: Yeah, it's it's good. It's good. I don't know how it's got this such a negative um, reputation. I th-
2: I think it's due to just how very um
1: same generic um, is. I, I, I
2: want to say pro- I want to say very um uh Prolific Ubisoft has been with the Tom Clancy license lately. With between between this, uh, uh, the other Ghost Recon game, Rainbow Six, uh, uh, yeah, Rainbow Six Siege is Tom Clancy as well. Division Two. I feel like there's a certain sort of backlash now with uh, the markets because they pump these things out so often and do and keep saying, you know, we we have a roadmap of X, Y, F three, four, whatever years. Of interesting stuff, and people really don't care because the initial stuff is just this, once again, generic, grizzled realistic, I put in air quotes here, uh, military shooter stuff and then people don't care about it or it's rushed or incomplete and then maybe down the line, oh hey it's better now, it's more refined and oh hey hey, by the way, there's a mission where you fight the freaking Predator, let's bring some players back and then by the time they do something interesting or novel with it, hey another Ghost Recon games come out pay us again and there's now this sort of pressure now it's it's reminding me a lot of what happened when Ubisoft Really started cranking out the Assassin's Creed games, and it feels like Breakpoint isn't mm. only totally the equivalent of Unity, but it's coming
0: close. I could see that kind this. of, but like, I mean, they, I mean, Wildlands came out 2017, maybe. Yeah, sure. So it was out for a couple of years, and they support it with content, which is what they tend to do with these games. The same thing they did for like Assassin's Creed Origins and Odyssey, uh, and for, uh, I think uh, uh, I feel like it got marked down. For like so a lot of the elements that are in the game i feel like it took from odyssey and i feel like it's getting marked down for that more than like cuz they're saying like oh this game doesn't know what it wants to be it has all these different elements and like and i get that part i get a lot of these things and i really and need and to be did, there And i did but... see
2: a lot of the stuff with its microtransaction store with its with its xp boosting and it's some um, uh, and and it's just purchase powerful weapons for real world money stuff which is a massive screw you um. Um. Uh, a pet peeve I have as a critic, uh, I'm guilty of it. I will admit to it. So that's another big factor.
0: Yeah, but it's the same stuff that was in Odyssey that doesn't and seem a lot like of pe- people and a lo- deal out And a lot of people I of know
2: marked down Odyssey for that exact same reason. It's.
1: Yeah, it, I don't know. I I
0: think it's gotten a, a lot more hate than it actually deserves. Oh but, no, it, you know uh, uh, that's uh, that's uh, just oh, oh, how oh, it no, is. No.
2: There's still plenty of deserved hatred for microtransactions. <laughs>
0: My no, but I mean general. in general just for this game. Yeah, like this game, I mean for like, I mean obviously so just to preface like I received a copy of this game from Ubisoft um, and so did two other members of our site and you know we, we're we not really reviewing the game. We're just doing like an impressions piece on it and um, I enjoyed the game. I thought it was fun. I, I know it's not perfect and I even said, you know, different things about it that I didn't like in our last episode, but I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to seem. Um, obviously take my opinion with a grain of salt you know but it, it's a d- it, I, and, and I, I would I would recommend people do wait for this game to go on sale before buying it at $60 because I think there's still a lot that needs to be improved yeah. on the game
2: it is a very dangerous but, mind being contrarian Joel and I salute you
0: well no like I just I, I even gave my honest opinion last time like there are things wrong with the game there are things that don't need to be in there and I even put in my impressions portion which should go up soon on the on the website but I just think that it's getting
1: a lot more hate than it deserves. <laughs> yeah, I, when you look at the Metacritic and it was like a sixty-two or something, it's not a sixty-two. Oh, oh don't it's worry. got problems, but it's a lot of fun. Like the first eight hours I played this game was just thoroughly addicting. It was so good, and I think that outweighs my kind of petering out interest. Not everything needs to be a thousand hours or something you play every day after work for four hours. Th-
2: that is that is totally fair, Ben. And, you know, I am noticing there's a bit more of a... There's always been a divide, divide between players and critics, especially when it comes to games like this. Because I remember... Uh, I I actually reviewed *Man of Medan* uh, for uh, for, te- for for the Game Fanatics, and I thought it was pretty solid. But then I looked at the Metacritic average, and players are hating the crap out of it for reasons I thought were actually they they saw problems, I saw features, or mm. you, know, you know you know they saw you know you know people you know I saw issues they 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 saw massive horrible things that you know should be dist- that should be that should condemn it, and. It sounds like a very similar sort of thing is happening, where it's like, it's not that bad, guys, come on, you know?
0: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I I play a lot of these types of games, and I just think that, like, it's... Obviously, they're trying to shove more into the game to get people to stay. You know, that's just... That's kind of what they did with Wildlands. Uh, that, that,
2: that's, that's Ubisoft's um, entire... Entire uh, yeah. business model at this point. I mean, Starlink the Battle, for, I mean, Starlink Battle for Atlas. That's getting an expansion. That's getting that's getting DLC, and that was, and, and that was for all intents and purposes a quote unquote failed attempt at toys to life. And they're still supporting that thing. You know, uh, yeah. For Honor is still is still getting uh, updates and quality of life oh, stuff. Yeah.
1: Tom Clancy's For Honor. <laughs> <laughs> I remember correctly.
2: Rainbow Rainbow yeah. Six Siege is still is still getting updates in different maps and seasonal material and everything. You know that's Ubisoft's model right now. It's release something, support the crap out of it for at least three years, and see what happens.
1: Yeah, and it works. Yeah, it does. It does. It <laughs> so besides, I mean, what have you you didn't really play anything else, uh, Joel? Um, so I got back into the Division 2 because
0: they've got their update coming pretty soon. So um, so obviously with Division 1, you had to purchase any DLC content um, as normal. Um, but they went a different route this time, and all their updates and added content is going to be free, which is awesome, considering the last one I heard was really good. And it kind of... So playing Breakpoint, I jumped back into Division 2 to kind of like compare the two. And I ended up getting kind of like interested in seeing the new stuff and so i've been going back into division 2 and kind of playing it again and remembering what i really loved about that game and initially i played on ps4 i am playing it on pc this time um and man that game still feels good it's still fun to play it's still like it's still kind of grindy you know it's still like every next section is just you getting behind cover finding ways to survive the onslaught of enemies but it just gets better and better as you go against the the harder enemies, of the Black Tusk, because they have newer tech and and so it's you basically battling against other soldiers that are kind of like you. But so I just kind of played that a little bit, and and you know I'm getting back into. It. I'll probably play a lot more this coming week, but I just didn't really touch much this week because I feel like the week went by so quick.
2: I was I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Joel. Like. Uh, I, I I finished the campaign for Keep with Destiny 2. I I'm trying to get raid ready. It's not gonna happen. The the ba- the recommended power level is like 940. I'm like 860 something. That's not gonna happen anytime soon. <laughs> so um there was that. Um uh I got I finally got my Kickstarter backed copy of Indivisible. Been touching that recently, and I maybe played maybe like the first five minutes of it. I need more time with it, but I'm loving what what I've seen so far. But uh, the other big reason why I haven't had a whole lot of time is because I have once again attended for the third year running uh, Save Against Fear, the, the board gaming convention held by the a Group, a very, um, very well known nonprofit organization that promotes uh, ga- tabletop gaming and and the like for therapeutic and uh, for therapeutic and um, uh, what's what I'm looking for emotional support uh, purposes and. I attended their convention, spoke to a bunch of people, attended panels, and checked out some really interesting RPGs and board games there. So, literally, as of this recording, today was the last day. I just came in and recorded th- recorded with you guys.
0: Cool. And you, you enjoy it every time oh, you go? Oh,
2: ve- very much so, because I always bump into some very cool developers showing off a prototype for their latest thing, or... Or, or, or some industry veteran t- talking about how, whatever, like, I think I attended a panel regarding uh, how to make um, uh, modules or, uh, yeah, R- just RPG sessions period, more engaging for players very, very easily, you know, kind of a DIY game design sort of thing, and I liked that sort of element that sort of bare bones, you know, hey, you don't need to be a coder to be a designer kind of appeal. And uh, I'm, I'm going to get to a much more in-depth with my, my, my Save Against Sphere highlight feature 2019. Check the site, folks. But one of the cooler things I did experience while there was the prototype for this board game called H.H. Holmes' Murder Castle. Which is basically which is basically a, basically a, co- a, co- a cooperative um, uh, sort of exploration board game. Which is based off the actual pseudo-historical precedent of H.H. H. Holmes, America's first serial killer who who uh, according to history basically developed the, created this sort of elaborate some um, uh, apartment complex of trap doors and dis- and disturbing like death traps at the Chicago World Fair in like the 1890s and potentially killed like hundreds of people and the game is your pl- the game is you're playing as these people who have been duped into showing up into H H Holmes's castle and your objective is to find as much evidence as you can to say, "Hey, this guy's a maniac. Put him away," and then get out of there before Holmes kills you. <laughs> and and it was a very fun um, experience because eventually, because eventually, it, it turned from we need to work together to let's throw each other let's throw each other under the bus and see what happens. And it just turned into a kind of hilarious, almost Abbott and Costello level a farce where we were, you know, throwing each other under the bus, um, alerting homes to, to, each, to other people's locations so he could, you know, get them, um, pickpocketing other people, throwing them through trap doors. It, 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 it became a total slap fest, but that's just one of the things that I can, that I feel comfortable speaking about right now. <laughs> uh Okay, the only other cool. thing I could think of that I played recently that I can talk about is I've gone back to Mortal Kombat 11 because the T800 Terminator uh, went live as a new fighter, and um, my only real problem with it is the sound like they got for the Terminator doesn't really sound like Schwarzenegger. That's it.
0: Is it? It's not like actually. Him? No, it's
2: not. Like they got the likeness for, for, for they uh. got the likeness for him, but it, but it's it's pretty clear they couldn't get Arnie for for, for the voice acting, so they kind of got a sound alike. And it's noticeable. But at the same time, there's a lot of love for the Terminator license in the character and in his design that I find really appealing. Like, like, Netherrealm put a lot of work into the Terminator to make him feel like this unstoppable robot but still keep him balanced as a fighter. And everything they've done with his intros, his cosmetic skins, his special attacks, everything fits. But then he opens up his mouth and he sounds like this... Like he, he sounds like a he sounds like a bad he sounds like a guy doing a bad Arnie impression, not Arnie, you know.
0: Yeah, I saw some of like the footage of his like uh, fatalities or whatever. They look they good. pretty. Yeah, good.
2: and I did I did like there's like a little level of detail where um uh, if if a fatality is done to the Terminator, they do maintain it that he's still has a, that robot skeleton underneath. Like they don't try to hide it or doctorates or, or like so that's a very nice little attention to detail that i like okay cool so so yeah a bit of indivisible a bit of mk11 and a lot of board game and rpg stuff that i can't talk about here because we'll be here for too long so check the site
0: check the site for the article ben any anything else you want to go over before we say goodnight? no
1: i think we're going a, a little long i'll talk about demon souls next week i i Oh, my God. I've been rediscovering that game, and I, I think it's probably in my top ten games ever made. I, I love oh. that game. It holds up very well. All right. Well, a little tease for and next week. Throwing things all over my table. I'm and and throwing asleep. things all over his table. There's a table.
2: I don't blame you, dude. The dragon god can go eat a, <laughs> eat a big sack of screw you.
1: Oh, I always save uh, him and... Uh, one of the other ones for the end. I'm like halfway. It's starting to be the the tipping point of that game where you start beating bosses more frequently. Um, that's it's cruise to the end game now.
2: I, I, I don't know, know dude. Do really I don't know. I don't know, dude. The Shrine of Storms is a wall I die against every single time. But you do you.
1: Oh uh, yeah, that's annoying. Um, All right. No, <laughs> the 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 game is so freaking good. I don't want to. I don't want to. I want to beat it and then kind of like collect all my thoughts again, since it's been like five, six years since I've really played it.
2: That's, for, that's fair.
1: All right. Well, we'll hear about that next week. Um,
0: Tyler, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being thanks a guest. Thanks for having um, me. Anything you want to plug before we sign off here? Um,
2: just honestly, just me, me wanting to once again uh, promote uh, the a group, the um, uh, all the all the all the um, good they have done with um, uh with with promoting a gaming as therapy and gaming for a for, forum for good, and I do actively speak nothing but good things for them. So you can go to their websites, uh, do, donate donate some dollars, ch- ch- take a look at their stuff. I do recommend reading their um, uh, their literature. Wizards, Warriors, and Wellness is available as a free PDF download if you're interested in this sort of gaming therapy thing, which is not a substitute for proper therapy. Just so you know, don't. Go to this and think you can just play D and D and get rid of your um, uh, get rid of your social anxiety like that. This is not this is not right. a fix. This is this is a supplementary thing at best, and something you should you know maybe sp- maybe speak to your your care provider with at, at all at all possible abilities. But I will say they are full of very passionate people who will hear you out and will work with you at the best at the best possible as, as best as they can. So I, I would definitely pl- plug them as well. And I think I will also uh, plug uh, the people over at Spectrum Games. Like th- they, they, they are very good at doing uh, role-playing games that are cheap, easily accessible and are very targeted towards very specific forms of genre emulation. Like, you you want want an RPG where you can just have a one-off where everybody plays a a stupid teenager in a slasher movie? Pick up Slasher Flick. That's a Spectrum Games game. You want to be in a cheesy 1980s Reagan-era toyetic, you uh, you you know, sword and sorcery game? Cartoon Action Hour. Pick that up. The list goes on. And I think that's basically it for me. Okay.
0: All right, Ben, any last words before the end? No, I'm going to go take a nap. Or all, right. all right, guys. That's going to do it for us here at Final <laughs> Checkpoint. Catch us next week for another new episode. Remember, you can find us on Spotify, Google, Apple, just about anywhere, and, of course, thegamefanatics.com. Share with your friends, share with your family, and like us, send us questions, family. all sorts of My stuff. fellow fanatics. Share us with... Yeah, share us with... Cheers with other gamers. Anyways, good night.